Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of What's Next Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Maitland. We are joined by the one and only Mr. KY Engineering, a.k.a. The Silver Fox. <laughs> He's here to join our podcast, talk a little bit about his journey and where he is now. Mr. KY, thank you so much Appreciate for coming on me, our man. podcast, man. I mean, by far, probably our biggest guest by far so far. So I'm, I'm extremely excited, honored to have you on, be able to sit across from you, sure. hear you talk about your journey, and then share some advice with, with our, you know, our audience as well. Appreciate you having me. Of course. Now, we're in Lexington, Kentucky, your hometown. You're in town for a little bit. How does it feel to, to be back in your home hometown of I Lexington? Mean, you know, of course. Like at the end of the day, so Lexington, you know, all the way to the fullest. Of course, my name's KY, so Mr. you KY. already know <laughs> I, I wanted to represent for the state. Got and, to. You know, not only just Lexington, of course, you know what I mean, just the whole state overall. I'm, I'm big. We just wanted to uplift the whole city. And, yeah, you, you, know, you definitely want to put the, the city on your back. Sure. Not only Lexington, but, you know, Kentucky yeah, just the whole general. state, because it helps everybody, you know what I mean? And, and of course, we're not as big as of a state or whatever, so even, you know, it's, of course, you got your Lexington, Louisville Wars, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's like all fun and games, because at the end of the day, you know, we all won, really. Exactly, at the end of the day, exactly. So. Man, a lot has been going on in Lexington. Um, just I just launched my radio show, mm-hmm. um, and we, I'm I'm getting to know a little bit more about Lexington and what's going on in Lexington. Last week we just had Lil Wayne concert. Yes, sir. A few, few uh, Sundays ago it was pretty cool, um, and then we're just coming off a of derby. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how did you experience? How yours was your experience um, in the derby and the Lil Wayne concert? I know you're great friends with Lil Wayne, right. strong connection, strong bond you guys yeah. got. You know, how was you how were you experiencing how was it it was it was dope man especially the Wayne concert because yeah. of course you know I worked with Wayne for uh, four years yep. uh, lived in Miami with him and traveled yeah. the world with him and made a lot of hits with him stuff like that a lot of memories yeah um, advanced my career all that type of stuff so it was dope to actually have him come in, to in the your city, city. <laughs> yeah, like, your city. you know it's something that I you know of course you know we used to be in sessions and I like to always dress in sweatsuits yeah. so I would always come in in Kentucky sweatsuits yeah he'd be like man, you? he was like you love Kentucky man I'm like yeah man you know what I mean you like gotta, you gotta and, put him on okay why <laughs> and I actually went uh we, we, while I was with him you know he loves sports too yeah so uh we actually went to the final four game when Louisville played Kentucky oh wow yep. how yes. was that man that so, was crazy so, and it was in New Orleans Okay. So that was in his city. That's and a crazy I got to watch connection, man. That's crazy. So, so yeah, we got to do that, and then of course, you know, Derby. Hey, that's the Kentucky tradition, man. So. Nah, you're you, you're a guy who goes there ordinary. Yeah. You know, ordinary go. You yeah. go to the Derby and enjoy yourself and, and put some bets in there. Yeah. Um, I guess. Like, what was your experience this year and last year? You you went, you know, you guys did. Uh, was nothing's it happened. Yeah, last nothing's happened last year. Cause last year we had Drake come in. I was gonna Jack say that Drake was the Churchill Downs video. It was crazy, man. Yeah. Like, like I said, this is um that was my eighth derby that I went to this year. Yeah. So, but anything after last year, it's like I don't I don't know how we'll ever top that one, man. That's like it was it was so crazy just being with everybody and. Even DJ Drama was here. Everybody. Drake, of course. I knew Drake from back in the day, of course, and still good friends to this day. We gonna talk about drama. (laughs) Drama, you know what I mean? Like I've been, I've pretty much mixed like two or three of his albums. Yeah. And of course, I'm. I I took uh, Jack to Drake. I mean, to Drama. So you know, 
like yeah. I said, we'll get into a lot of that later on. But nah, that, it was just crazy, man. Just everybody looking good and, you know, a big Kentucky tradition. Because, yep. like I said, I've, it's funny because I tell people about all this stuff yeah. when I meet them in, in the industry. And they're like, oh, Kentucky, I ain't never Kentucky been Derby. I, yeah, other than them getting booked to come, though, they don't really know very, very much yeah. about Kentucky. So it was dope for them to, like... Not only hear about the tradition that I've been telling them, experience. but the experience. Yep, yeah. yep. Man, let, let's talk. We, we've been talking about Kentucky. Uh, that That's the topic that we're on right now. But you're born and raised here in Lexington, Kentucky. Talk about your journey, man. Talk about your beginnings in Lexington. What was it like growing up in Lexington, Kentucky? Well, I'm from the north side of Lexington, of course. Um, went to Mary Tide Elementary. Um, Northern. I went to Northern Elementary as well. Bryan Station Middle. Yeah, Winburn Middle. And I went to uh, <laughs> and I went to Bryan Station High School, of course. So, you know, and I grew up in Hollow Creek, Winburn area, and Marlboro. So I, I've literally grown up on every single side. That inspires me. You know why, <laughs> KY? Because, like, I, I have a lot of friends in the Lexington area that went to Bryan Station. But to know that someone of your magnitude used to go to Bryan Station. Like, right. man, that inspires me to let me know that Lexington. Pride of the North, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, for <laughs> and, sure. And we got a lot of people, you know, for, that's from there that, that have done well, Shelvin Mack. Um, he's from Lexington. Yeah, he's from Lexington. He grew up in the Winburn area as well. So, okay. So, you know, and, and, and a few other people too, man. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's a lot of talented people that have just been in, from that school and just from the North side. So while you were growing up, and we're going to get into the music side of things, but I guess, like, what inspired you to get into music? Like, was, was it... Honestly, uh, it's just... I think everything when you're young, everything starts as a hobby. Okay. So, eventually, maybe that hobby, you take it so serious that it actually turns into a career. But music was literally a hobby for me. Like, when I was coming up, like, I used to listen to music, of course, all the time. And I just remember, like, back in the day, you know, like I said, I'm a little older, so we had the cassette tapes and Oh, you know, I couldn't pull out my phone tapes. and just—I couldn't pull out the phone and just stream. Yeah. So you know, I would just kind of wait for the radio to play certain songs, and that's how I would get the songs. Man. And I just kind of noticed that I was listening to the songs way different than a lot of people were listening to them. Like I'm—I'm I'm listening to the backgrounds. I'm listening to hi hats and horns and all this just crazy different stuff. And then when I got to when I was in elementary. I've always played an element. I mean, an instrument all the way, all the way through school. Yeah. So elementary, I'm pretty sure everybody, because they made everybody play it. Yeah. The recorder. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know oh yeah. I, I know about that. <laughs> so, so, so I started with the recorder. Then in uh, middle school, I played a violin. Oh wow. And then in high school, I played a saxophone. Saxophone. I wish I could still play it now. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say we could add you. Could add you playing the saxophone here on what's next. I ain't I got want, enough wind control for that. <laughs> I want to ask you, you talked about, like, I guess you study the the analytics of music so much. I guess, like, when you were growing up, is, was it a feel? Were you looking for the feeling? I guess, like, was music, were you searching for the feeling that, that stood out to you? Because when I listen to music, of course it sounds good, but I always remember how it makes me feel. Like, yeah. is that important to you, I guess? No, the feeling's everything, because even with all the music that I do now, when people run up on me and they like, oh, I didn't know you did that song, and they'll talk about, like, a time in their life that they were going through. Yeah. And they're like... That song. They're like, yo, that song got me through it. And I'm like that with music. Yeah. That's why I love music that I can feel. Like, I, sometimes music, of course, is just fun. Music could be a, a lot of things. Yeah. So you like the fun stuff, but at the end of the day, the music that most people like and really take to is stuff that they feel. I was gonna or say you that. had an experience with, because experience. even, like, at the end of the day, too, when you get older, you, like, start... Say if you hear an old song, 
and be like, oh, I remember what we was doing, blah, 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 when this song. Because it brings back the memory, it brings man. back that memory. Man, so. that's one thing about music. Like, if I play a song, I always remember. You never forget the memory or you never forget where you were listening to, to the song. song yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it always is sustained in your memory. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the, the early challenges that you may have faced. Um, and obviously, you know, you've grown up on the north side of Lexington. Mm -hmm. um, what that, that environment, how has that shaped you how has that shaped in you into the person that you are today, KY? Well, I just think that it made me a, a real person and it made me a go-getter. Like, Northside, we are, you know, we always had the thing, it was uh, NSG, which I took it, because of course NSG meant uh, Northside Gangster at the time. <laughs> but I took it and made it flipping on some positive stuff, man. So yeah. I, made it, uh, I made it never stop grinding. Ooh. And so <clears throat> it was kind of one of those things where it was like, okay, we, we just never stopped grinding. Like, you know, just that workhorse mentality. Yeah. And that that's kind of, you know, like at least the start of what Northside made me to really fuel me to my journey to this day. And do you, you keep that with you to you till this, to day, this day, of course, man. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, like, how did you obviously had a big chapter in your life. You moved to Atlanta. I guess, was that the, the next step for you? You know, did, when did it come to your head that you decided that you were like, man, all right, I'm done here in Lexington. It's right. time for me to move on to something bigger. What was that? And why did that come about in your well, head? Well, a long story short, um, all my friends, the, like my, all my best friends in high school, they all rapped. Oh, so okay. I never really wanted to, I never really wanted to rap. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just, like I said, me loving music and just doing that, I always just wanted to like be around. So eventually I ended up building like a little small makeshift studio in my garage. Oh, wow. Thanks to my mom for letting us do that, too. That's dope. But um, before school and after school, people would literally just pull up to my house and want to record stuff. Or we just in there messing around, having fun. And it actually just kept us out the streets. Because, you know what I mean, like, instead of running around in the streets, we was in there in the studio. Yeah. So we did that. And then eventually um, I had some those same friends that I'm telling you. They end up uh, linking up with a independent group. Okay. That was from uh, Atlanta. Which at Bryan Station also there was a guy named Frank Williams. Okay. He um, played football for UK. He was from Atlanta, and he worked at our school at Bryan Station. So he was just always hip to our music, and he took it. He's the one that took it to his friend, and his friend from Atlanta was like, okay. "Yo, y'all come down here." So that's how we ended up first getting to Atlanta. You and there was really nothing else left for us to do here because I was with a group called Bonafide Circle, and I mean around the city, it was like every it was no shows that we hadn't already did. Okay. And, we kind of did everything that we could kind of do here. Is there any anxiety, or I guess I should phrase the question like this, KY, did you have any anxiety of going into a, a bigger market like Atlanta? And, you know, obviously there's more opportunity there, but like, was there any, any anxiety in your head that, you know, you were like, maybe I should stay home? I don't know if staying home was probably an option, but it was definitely, you know, you're moving somewhere with, you know, where you knew nobody. Yeah. You're moving out of your comfort zone. So, you know, it's kind of one of those kind of things. Just like, man, I don't, I don't know anybody down here. But the beautiful blessing was is that I did have uh, maybe four or five friends from here that I knew, and we were all together. Okay. So that made it a little bit easier. Yeah. But still, just moving somewhere. In a, and it's a big city. Big I mean, city. I'm moving from Lexington to, to Atlanta. Yeah. So. I was say Lexington, it's big, but it's small at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a not mix. a small, it's a small, it's a, it's a big town. It's a big town. <laughs> it's a big town. <laughs> facts, facts. Yeah, you know, we, we got good 300, 400,000, you know, so, but, but still compared to Atlanta where you have millions. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's crazy. And you're moving six hours away to where, like I said, I don't know. The you don't street know anybody, turns left. Yeah. I got to actually look at a map to figure out where I'm going. Yeah. 
And you know, over here, I don't I know the, like the back of my hand. How old were you when you moved to, to Atlanta? I was 21. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I want to ask you, when you got to Atlanta, uh, you're, 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 you're now in a different environment. I guess like, what are some challenges that, you know, you had to face when you got to Atlanta and how did you cope with them? How did you adjust to it? The main thing was really um, just figuring out how to get money, <laughs> honestly. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is a rap game back in the early 2000s. Like I said, uh, I think we was having a conversation earlier about, you know, I wish we had all this technology Social then. Social media, technology. We yeah. didn't have that. So it's like we had to really grind and we used to go to the <laughs> underground, sell our tapes and different stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's just trying to figure out how to get some money, man. Like, you know, you still got life and things that you want to do. But for the sacrifice of it, I mean, we definitely was going through it. I can Grinding. tell you that, you know, and but it was cool because, like I said, everybody was going through it. So, you know, just trying to figure out how every day you're going to eat, but we still want to make this music. So you talked about like the social media part and the technology that our generation has today. You know, uh, you're much older, so you you grew up without the social media. Totally, I'm much older now. Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 put him down like that. Host. Don't put him down like that, host. But I want to I, I really want to ask you, like, I guess, like, does it anger you or I hate to use the word anger, but does it make you frustrated when you see like, you know, our generation or people in our generation that doesn't work as hard or you know have have all these resources and is not taking advantage of it i don't want to like i said i don't want to say anger but more so yeah. i i just wish that they did see the other side yeah because it would make them appreciate what they have now because exactly. like i said it, it's way easier like i can i can literally be anywhere get on my phone and upload something and it goes viral and i'm i'm That's blown crazy. up back in the day you there was no way you were going to do that it's like, harder though yeah it's harder back then it's harder back then but you know social media has its drawbacks too because like i said anybody can do it mm. so you do have that kind of thing where it's like maybe you got a lot of different people in the lane that you're trying to do like i mean now it's a million people trying to do music it was then too but you just didn't see them as much because maybe they didn't now, have money yeah, to move around media. and social media you don't have to have anything you just need service thanks <laughs> As long as you got some service, you can upload. You're good. That's a fact. That's but it's a fact. so everybody's doing it. And like I said, it, and even recording, it's way easier to record now. I mean, I know people recording songs on it. They might not be just the best quality or whatever, but they're recording songs on their phone. Mm. So, you know, it's just, it's just everything's kind of scaled down yeah. to where it, it does give a lot more people opportunity, which is a blessing. But at the same time, I do just wish people, I, I wish, I guess, the newer generation would just kind of just realize the blessing that a they blessing, have. Man. And, and, you know, just just understand that a lot of people before them, because I know a lot of people, it's always this kind of older, young guy kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, old head, oh, you know, <laughs> you, know you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, just stuff like that. They, they, you know, just do that. But I just think it's one of those things where, you know, just just appreciate what you got, because yeah, it, it was way harder. Like, yeah. if, you know, when I see people complain about certain stuff, I'm just like, why? And that's why, like, a lot of people that, that are older would say, Oh, this newer generation is soft. Uh, okay. They'll they'll say that because they like you don't understand what we went what, through. What y'all went? Through. Yeah, respect. But respect, at the same respect. time, even for my generation, I mean, it ain't like I was in the 1900s. Like <laughs> I went in the 1800s. Like we had we had technology too, but it's, just, it's just not this technology. Yeah, it's not yeah. as advanced as, as what we see today, right. man. So you, I, I, we talked a little bit off camera about this, Ky. 
my audience uh it varies i have different people that watch our podcast um it's not just in the music field um we have entrepreneurs athletes young kids all types of people i guess i want to know from you and get to know your definition of what you know uh, a recording engineer like yourself like what what does that mean for my audience you know people who are not accustomed to you know the analytics of of being in the music industry so of course a recording engineer that's the guy that sits behind the big board. I always just say the big board. Well, sometimes it's not even a big board now. It's sit behind the computer. Right. Um, and you have your microphone, you get everything set up. The artist goes in the booth and you record them. Yeah. So that's a recording engineer. Quick way to say it. But, you know, whatever DAW you're on, which DAW is a Pro Tools or Ableton, Logic. Yep. Those are the programs that you use to record. Okay. Uh, Studio One, you know, people use whatever they're comfortable with. Okay. But basically using that and tracking vocals. So that's part of it, but then you have your mixing engineer and you have mastering engineers. Okay. So, okay. So the mixing engineer is going to give you that final product from from what you recorded. Yeah. So you record it, then you get it mixed. And like I said, now the mixer, you're taking those and I'm blending all the sounds and Making every make sure everything sits in its right pocket, yeah. and then the mastering engineer takes the mixing engineer's work, and they give it that final gloss. Okay. So that'll kind of give you. So have you ever been in a car and, maybe, well, just say if an artist has ten songs they recorded, yeah, and out of the studio, straight out of the studio without the mastering, you might have to turn one song up because it's uh. it's not it's not loud enough. Then you got another song you got to turn it down. But if you ever notice, say if you pop in. A future album you could literally leave it on the same volume and every song is going to okay. come across the same way man so that's a, so that's kind of the master and that's that final 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 gloss workload is a lot of workload or not so much or just well for pants. me it's a lot of workload yeah but, but and, and, and a lot of engineers always ask me like how do you even get clients how do you how do you do this <laughs> yeah and the best way that i can really tell them is really you gotta you need to work with your friends or the mm-hmm. people that are around that you see are working and hustling and get with them because that's okay. how I came up. Everybody I've pretty much worked with has been someone that I've known and I, I got involved with them. Relationships. Yep, Relationships. and just help them get to where they need to be. You know what I mean? Like like I was telling you with my friends uh, in the group, uh, Bonafide Circle, Yep. I mean, I was a DJ, I was a manager, I was a promoter. Many hats. <laughs> because I, I wanna do whatever I can do to, to help, help man, that's love. Man. And then when they blow up, I'm like, I blow up. You know, so they always give they look back and you're like, hey, that's my guy. That's why, you know, yeah. guys like Lil Wayne's like or, you know, uh, two chains. Right. Say, hey, and and all these guys. I mean, other Wayne was already Wayne when I met him. Yeah. But two chains was Titty Boy. Like Titty Boy. he was trying to figure it out. He wasn't a big artist. Like when I first met him. I was gonna say um, KY. Waka wasn't, you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot of them. I was gonna say like two chains. You said two chains. He's not doing anything without you. Like you know, he's yeah. always, you know yeah. what I mean. Like that's the relationship aspect of you building it. Yep. Um, I want to ask trust. you. Yeah, building the trust. KY, I want to ask you. Uh, it slipped my mind. You talked about some other engineers. What makes you stand out compared to other engineers? I think, and I did this kind of, I guess, without knowingly doing it. It's just me. But I just think you need to market yourself. Even as an engineer, you need to market yourself. So, like me, just having the KY engineering thing, and which Waka Waka kind of came up with it because it was just KY. Mm-hmm. Waka has a song on his first album where he says KY engineering. So he made the name for you. He you made the name. <laughs> shout out Waka. Yep, shout out Waka. <laughs> shout and, out Waka. And I, I took it and made it a tag. So when I took it and made it a tag, like how you know how producers have a tag yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. 
So I took it. I was like the first engineer with a tag on the beginning of the That's song. That's crazy. And um, it was it was marketing because now even still to this day, if I say my name, people will be like, "Oh, KY engineer, yeah, I remember you from blah blah blah." Mm. So it's marketing That's yourself. Marketing. Yeah, yeah. And then when you like in in these sessions with a lot of with a lot of guys, I think it also helps that. I mean, I'm I'm from the hood too, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, I feel your vibe. Like, I'm not super kind of, I guess, geeked out and nerdy about yeah. what I'm doing. Chill. Even though I know what I'm doing, but yeah. it, and, and I'm being, but I'm just chill and I'm vibing with you. So we can have a conversation that's outside of music. Exactly. I think that kind of helps. And and you know, when other artists, that's how I get with other artists too. It's all word of mouth. I've never made a business card. Um, everything word of mouth, bro. That's like, crazy. I mean, I did finally make a website, and I only did that. I didn't do it to get work. <laughs> I just did it because sometimes people ask, oh, if they don't really know me like that, they'll ask, what can I find? Yeah, what can I find or what did you work on? Yeah. Just go to the website, you know? I, I'm, I'm starting to understand, or I guess I'm noticing this, this relationship between the artist and the engineer. Yeah. What exactly is that relationship? Like, what is it? Is it more of a friend, a brother, or like a business? Is it business side? Like, what, what's the relationship friend, like? Friend, brother, therapist. Therapist. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I tell people this all the time, too. A lot of times, the artist is with the engineer more than they're probably with their family. Like, when I was with Wayne, I mean, we would work, we would do 20-hour sessions. Sheesh. Like, a lot. Like, days in a row, 20-hour sessions. So I'm with you. I'm with him more than anything. That's anybody. Damn near family. So anything yeah. that he got going on, he picks his phone up and uh, girl getting on your nerves or you know something's <laughs> going on with your family, whatever's going on. Yeah. Guess who they gonna talk to? Mr. KY. Mr. <laughs> KY engineer. You, you're the engineer, but then they also you got to be a friend and you know stuff like that because of course them you know you got to build up that trust. It's the trust. As far as them being able that. to say stuff to you, you without them. Without you going to some blog and telling the story to TMZ or yeah, something, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you talked about Wayne. How did that relationship start? Like, like, where did that come from? Um, so that came from actually me working at a studio called Hot Beats. Okay. And Atlanta. Yep, mm -hmm. in Atlanta, and, and you know, I, I'll tell a quick story as well, but um, that's kind of part of the grind. But um, basically, I after the first time, I moved to Atlanta twice. Right. So I moved back after the first time because I was kind of telling you about the whole money thing. Yeah. So as soon as I got back here, I just got like a job. Well, really, it wasn't even a job, but I knew this guy. He owned a cleaning service. So I, he had like five buildings he would let us clean, and he had a theater company. Okay. Where if you've you you've been in the theater where you see the speakers on the wall. Yes. Like I would get on a ladder and literally be taking those speakers up and putting them on there. So By yourself? Well, one guy holding it at the bottom, but yeah, by yourself on the ladder, yeah, Sheesh. for sure. Man. The speakers aren't that heavy, though. Okay. But, okay. but still, though, you got to go 20 feet. 12 uh, holes, man. You know, whatever, and get up around the ladder. But yeah. So that was a little bit of bread. I ended up saving up my bread. I was there maybe about a year, year and a half, and um, I ended up saving up my money, bought a truck. It was like, I'm about to go back to Atlanta. Atlanta. And I, I, of course, I knew I wanted to go back down there to engineer, but I didn't really have a plan of how I was going to make that happen. So... I ended up um, basically sleeping in my truck for like four or five months. Wow. Yep, slept in my truck for like four or five months, and but like I said, it's part of the sacrifice. Sacrifice, sacrifice. And then yeah. um, what 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 ended up happening is I had another friend named Rob Jackson. He was working with this group called Blackout. Working with this guy uh, Rob Jackson, he started working at a studio called Hot Beats. Yeah. And so 
I, one day I was in there and the owner came through. He had just opened the studio. He had three rooms, okay. but only one of them was actually up and running at the time. Right. Because uh, he was like, say, a brand new studio. So he ended up asking me like, yo, do you, you record other artists? I had never recorded any other artists outside of my friends. So, but I was like, yeah, I do. I do now. <laughs> yeah. He literally called me that night for a session. Yeah. So he did that. And then it was funny because like I said, he's still trying to build his clientele up. So he's calling me every time he's getting sessions, but it's kind of few and far in between. Okay. So I ended up basically like, man, I'm gonna get a job down here. And I was actually about to work at the airport. Uh, the guys that actually like put all the food and snacks on the plane. Okay. Every time the plane lands. So yeah. I was going to do that. And basically <laughs> the day I went in for orientation, he called me and was like, yo, we got these guys, they want to come in and book the studio for a whole month. I quit that job, and that's the last time I ever filled out Gotta for Gotta go. Gotta go. Yep. So working at the Hot Beats, it's a legendary studio, too. Okay. Um, because, like I said, eventually we ended up getting a lot of clients or uh, whatever, and I'm busy pretty much all day recording everybody in the game at this point in time. And so one day, Lil Wayne pops up, and... It was funny because I'd already recorded Squad Up, which was his his group. Okay. And so when I when he came, it was it was already cool because it was cool for me to be in the room because I knew his friends. Exactly. The same people I've been recording out, you know, now they're in here with him. Yeah. And so they just talking to me and he I'm kinda acting he already has his own engineer, which he's the first artist oh, wow. I've ever seen I with his know. own engineer at that okay. time. Most people back in the day they would go to a studio and just use whatever engineers were there. Whatever's there, okay. But he was like, no, I'm traveling with my guy everywhere I go. So <laughs> eventually it got to like a a point where I guess dude was missing his flight sometime. And it, like I said, I would just be in the room. I was acting like I was an intern, even though I wasn't an intern. I would just hey, you need water? All right, cool. We, <laughs> we, we used to have these uh, Otis Spunkmeyer cookies that we had in the little oven. Yeah. But I'd go get them cookies, bake them up. Just anything to be in the room. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I just wanted to be in the room. And then eventually, after he's there like five or six times now, it doesn't even matter if they're there because now I built me a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And now he finally realizes that, oh, oh, you record. You're not just like a dude around here just getting trash. Like, like, you know what I mean? He he figured that out. So eventually, um, like, dude just kind of fell off. And, you know, so he was like, man, I, I started working with him maybe four or five months whenever he just came to Atlanta. Okay. And then one day I was recording somebody else and I got a call and it was him and he was like, yo, he's like, you want to come to Miami and record me for for the weekend? I'm like, all right, cool. I'd never, at this time, I'd never even been to Miami. So oh, you I, haven't been to Miami? I, I hadn't been at okay. that time. Okay. So I finally uh, do that. I go down there. Then three days literally turning me to working with him for like for said, three, four years. That's yep. opportunity, man. Take yep. adva- taking advantage of your opportunity. Every opportunity yet, I'm going to take advantage of yep. it. And Young Money was formed there. That's why I say this studio is like, we always call it the legendary hot beats, everybody that was there, because producers like Justice League, I don't know if you're hip to them, but they've done a lot of big, huge records for like yeah. Rick Ross yeah. and Jay-Z and man. just all this stuff. They started there. That's where I met Drake. That's where I met Nicki Minaj. That's, That's where I met Waka. Like all these people were like in the studio working. What was the time span like? Like was this, this is like oh six to like oh nine. Um, like I said, this is all over a span of time okay. though. Okay. You know, like cool. I said, we we built up from that one room, and finally got all three rooms rolling, and you know, employees and everything. In I there. love like, that story, man. Yep. That's, that story is a prime example of taking advantage of, of opportunities that's yep. being presented to you. That's how I met City Boy. Um, Two chains. <laughs> two chains. That's how I met him. Um, 
What was it like? I guess not to cut you off, but what was it like to 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 meet Drake and Two Chains? Obviously, like. I'm be honest, man. Yeah. <laughs> if it was me, you know, I'm, I'm in front of two chains. Hey, man, like. But you gotta realize when, when I met them, though, they weren't um, they weren't who they are today. Okay. So, like I said, this is kind of a vibe. Like everybody's in there just chilling. Like, yeah. it's it would be like you walking in, I guess, with I don't know, just say uh, a young reporter right now that's yeah. on the same level as you, and then yeah. both of y'all end up kind of blowing up. up to where you got. I don't know you. They own Good Morning America or something. You like, yo, yeah. it wouldn't feel weird to you because you've seen them from, the, seen from the beginning. I, I you, didn't, exactly you didn't meet them when they were on Good Morning America. You exactly. met them here. Exactly. So, so you know, it, it's just cool, man. It, it, it was super cool, and they was cool dudes, and everybody was just grinding for something. So, and, okay. and it all kind of just worked out. Like I said, when I met Drake, it was like, who's this kid from Canada? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's literally how I looked at it. Like the first yeah. night I even recorded him, which is another cool story. But the first night I even recorded him. Wayne, when Wayne does records, all his artists will be there. Okay. But a lot of times, he won't necessarily, like it's Wayne's session though. So he's doing what he wants to do. Uh -huh. Wayne literally recorded for like 12 hours. Jeez. And nobody else, none of the other artists did anything. I've, I've heard about that about Wayne. He goes for a minute. Yeah, for a long time. So he's doing that and then he decides he wants to pack up. And then as he's packing up, he's like, hey, record uh, Drake. And I'm like, Drake? He's like, yeah, he's right there. I'm like, oh, he's been sitting there like the whole time, but he didn't say nothing though, because he's probably in there even just observing. You know, I, I don't want to say that was his first time meeting Wayne, but it was definitely maybe in his first four or five times being in the, in the studio with yeah. him. So he's like, record Drake. Drake gives me the CD. I start, I pop it in. He goes in the booth, starts doing his thing, and forever happened to actually be that song that he was recording. Wow. It may not mean nothing to y'all. Understand nothing was done for me, so I don't plan on stopping at all. I won't forever mind, ever mind, ever mind. I shut down in the mall. And selling that girl, she the one for me. And I ain't even planning at all. I won't forever mind, ever mind, ever mind. Last name ever. First name greatest, like a sprained ankle, boy, I ain't nothing to play with. Started off local, but thanks to all the haters, I know G4 pilots on a first name basis. In your city, faded off the brown. Nino, she insists she got more class. We know, swimming in the money, come and find me. Nemo, if I was at the club, you know I balled. So that's what he was recording. He did the hook and he did his verse. And Wayne heard him rapping, and Wayne was like, oh, nah. He's like, I'm a rapper too. He's like, you can't be rapping like that and think I ain't gonna rap. Okay, hello, it's the Martian, Space Jam Jardins. I won't forever wake up and smell the garden. Fresher than the harvest, step up to the target. If I had one guest, then I guess I'm just New Orleans. And I would never stop like I'm running from the cops. Hopped up in my car and told my chauffeur to the top. Life is such a fucking roller coaster, then it drops. But what should I scream for? This is my theme park. My mind shine even when my thoughts seem dark. Fell on my side, you don't wanna hear that thing talk. So he ended up unpacking his bags and he started recording. So that was like the first day that I met Drake. Dang. Yep. That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> Like I said, if I would have seen Drake on the street, I probably would have looked at him and be like, if he just said I rap, I'd have been like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but it's like, when I heard him finally, 
it was like okay. no question yeah no question do he's, you do, he's out of here yeah you thought he was probably gonna him and wayne obviously wayne was up there already but drake's on the come up there was was there a starlight moment that light bulb where you were like okay this kid's gonna be a super like probably superstar. when we went on tour because when we went on tour wayne kind of had a young money set okay so he would bring out drake he'd bring out drake um nikki gotta gotta T Streets, Lil Twist, Lil Chucky, like everybody that was on Young Money, he, he let him yeah. come out and do a song. Yeah. So I don't know if you would probably went to the Wayne show when he did it, but he kind of did the same thing. Or he, okay. he had a Young Money set. I didn't where, get a chance to see it. Okay. Now. Well, he had all the artists come out. Okay. So as Drake was coming out, I just noticed, like we also used to walk in the crowd. So say after they uh, do their set, you know, you want to walk in the crowd or whatever. And we went from being able to walk in the crowd and nobody bother us to it was pandemonium and we couldn't we walk in the crowd no more. And this is like literally from maybe show one to where nobody cared to show like 10. By show 10, it was like he couldn't even walk in the crowd That's no more. That's crazy. So he, he just started blowing up, man. And then he dropped So Far Gone. Man. Maybe around the end of that first tour, he dropped that. And it was it was up from then. He had the best I ever had and all that stuff, man. His buzz was just going crazy because yeah. you got to keep in mind, too, like he was like one of the first artists. Well, not one of the first, but he was like a newer artist where he was singing and rapping like really trying to really sing he's really doing r&b ballads though, like nobody really was doing nobody that. was doing that like yeah. nelly was rap rapping and singing but it wasn't like yeah, how drake, like was, drake doing was doing it. it yeah drake was like drake's really trying to hit some notes in there bar, you know? yeah bar after bar yeah for yeah. sure for sure i want to touch a little bit about uh two chains a little bit td boy um his relationship with you is strong as well i mean right. he's a guy who you know he he's not going anywhere without you know ky you sure. know helping him out i don't record and nobody else records i mean the only other time that you heard some two chains shit was probably on mercy um when i did some shit for yeah some shit like that all everything else you heard k has tested i don't even i don't even let anybody else record me because i don't want my shit out so it's just a trust thing so you got to develop that with the artist you know what i'm saying because really in music man you know a lot of people um are confident in what they do but at the same time they want to experiment they want somebody around they can do that around they want to feel comfortable you know what i'm saying and what's that relationship like with him oh man it's dope man like i said you know brother really brother because i mean the same thing like you know we grinded from the bottom like when he was when all them songs you hear him talking about the trap <laughs> I, I was, his trap was his studio you know what i mean and they was yeah. doing whatever they was doing facts, and you know what yeah, i mean like facts. but at the same time they was working too and you know what i mean and yeah. i was there i got to see it i got yeah. to see him figure it out you know what i mean i when people discounted him and counted him out and all that and he, he figured it out man he he dropped hella mixtapes and blew his name up you know what i mean like i literally seen him from booking no shows to <laughs> now he was booked every weekend so he was booked every week man you know what i mean and so so it went crazy and then when that true religion dropped that was the one yeah like, that, that that was different that, that was took different. him out of here that like, was different but it was it was a steady build-up of all those mixtapes that we was dropping you know codeine withdrawal um what else we dropped before that uh me against the world um was uh codeine cowboy g dropped that and then like i said we finally came with that true religion and that took him all the way out of here, which led into his first album based on a true story. So, okay, nah, man. Like I said, it's okay. just the fact that you know I just been knowing him for so long, and we both Virgos. We, we <laughs> okay. kind of like the same, okay. man. Like we both Virgos. I laugh because I'm Virgo too. So okay, that's Virgo, love. You, that's you, love. Come yeah, on, sir. So, so, so Virgos, and and then he's six six. I'm six three. You know, and and then I'm only child. He's only child. Wow. So it's like it's actually funny because his he was in a group called Player Circle. Okay. So 
Dollar Boy is, is in the group with him. So I was actually more cool with Dollar Boy than I was Tid at first because I think what it was, you know how you meet somebody just like exactly like you. So you just like, what's up with this dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really <laughs> what was going all on. The time. Yeah, you're so, like, <laughs> but it was funny because now it's like, I talk to him all the time and you know, I don't really get to talk to Dollar as much. Yeah, know? it's like when you connect, you, you're kind of iffy about the person because yeah. you're like, who's this but guy? But it was just because we were so much alike. Yeah. You're similar to me and then yeah. when y'all connect, y'all like y'all best buds, y'all yeah. homies for real. Yeah. I, I want to ask you a little bit about, and I hate to put you on the spot, man, but what are your favorite moments in the recording session, in your recording sessions, and you've been in a lot of recording sessions. Yeah. What are some favorite moments that you, you unforgettable moments, what are they? Give it to me. Hmm. Man, it's a crazy question. I, I want to give you one of mine because I've, I've done my research. Obviously, okay. I wasn't there, but I've done my research. I, I really liked uh, Dreams and Nightmares, of course. Yeah, that, 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 was was, that was special, man. That was crazy. Um, so, with that one, that's definitely one. Um, we actually was in Miami. Uh, Shouts out to my homie Dallas. Uh, he's the one that kind of hooked me up with that, linked me with Meek. Um, mm -hmm. He was a he was an A and R for Meek. Okay. So I ended up um, flying down to Miami, working down there for a month, and it was crazy because what we would do, we work pretty much any hours. We had studio twenty four hours, so we work any hours. But it's Miami, so you know in Miami you don't go to the club till like two three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But, so we go to the club two or three o'clock in the morning. Which for what you call motivation, <laughs> you go to do that, and then you get out the club at five, <laughs> six, and you be most time of course what you think oh you going home, no, no sir we go right back to the studio, studio. and we probably work to maybe like nine or ten in the morning after being in the club, so it was just one day man the producer was working on the beat and it was crazy like he had that intro or whatever and it was like sounds so soft. <laughs> And then it just, he had that part where it got mean. It's crazy. And, and Meek was, uh, you know, he just started doing this thing, man. And you know, you know how Meek, man, he rapped with aggression. And if anybody's watching this, it's, it's actually a video of him recording it. I've posted it a few times. We're going to put that up. We're going to put yeah. that up. No, it's crazy because you know, and then he's everybody's so hype because you know, especially once it switches from that calm yeah, part to the to yeah. the. To the Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished when I bought the ass. 
because everybody, I guess nobody would ever really ever thinks about it like this. But the soft part is the dream. When it gets when it gets to the aggressive part, that's the nightmare. Oh, okay. So, that make yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Dreams and nightmares, both sides. Uh, what part is that? The dreams or nightmares? That's the nightmare <laughs> the second time. <laughs> <laughs> the first part was the nightmare. Talking that shit on the dreams, boy. Nah, hell yeah. I mean, that song was never supposed to be a single. It was an intro. It's an intro. Oh, it's an intro wow. to that to an album. Dreams and Nightmares. That's the name of the album. So it's an intro. It was never. Right. It, it became a single because everybody was playing it, but it was never meant to be a single. It was supposed to be like, an intro. That song has no hook. Yeah. He's literally just rapping. Rapping. That's crazy, man. And still to this day, man, like it was it was voted by Spotify song of the decade. Yep. So that was super cool. And then even still to this day, like, I mean, I'm on Instagram and people's out <laughs> and they tagging me like, yo, they they playing Dreams and Nightmares. It's like, you, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> 13, 13 years later, it's like this song is still like the highlight of the club. It's, crazy, it's just bro. crazy, man. That's insane. Yeah. Man. That was one. I, man, there's so many, man. I A can't lot really, of memories. Yeah, man. I can't really think of it. Like, cause I don't want to leave anything else. Really. I want. I want to ask you. You you did Amen, of course, with yeah. with Drake and, and Meek Mill. That's one of my favorite songs. How was that experience with that? That was dope because, like I said, once again, I had already connected with Meek. I already knew Drake. Drake. And then uh, Key Wayne. He's he's from Detroit. He's actually used to do a lot of like early Big Shine stuff. Okay. So I end up. Uh, it was just dope, just kind of having everybody together on one song. And I actually mixed it on tour. I was on tour with Tyga and Chris Brown. Okay. And um. I actually stopped. We was in L.A., so I actually like just pulled off for a few hours, went to the studio, mixed that record, yeah, and then went back to the tour. That's crazy. So, so that was a crazy story. Yeah, too. man, you got stories. <laughs> I was just trying to pick your brain, man. But one thing that I really noticed about your stories, I would say, KY is the work ethic. Yeah. A lot of people think, you know, that with the shine, they, they don't see you behind the doors putting in the work, putting sure. in the hours. Man, talk about the importance of, of just putting in the work in general. Uh, you got to like one of my things is hard work pays off. I say that all the time. Yeah. Hashtag, um, and then probably a lot of people probably don't. What's a lot of people actually do remember because people still always say it to me. But um, I used to have this thing called real nigga hours. Okay. And what it meant, what that basically <laughs> meant, like I said, I like taking street stuff and yeah. I flip it like flip into it. a positive. Positive. That's good. So, so what I meant by that was, is who's up at four a.m. working on your craft though. You're not just up. Like you might not even be all the way where you're trying to be yet. Mm -hmm. But you're working to get there. So you're up at 4 a.m. when everybody else is, what, sleep, And you're working on your craft at 4 a.m. So at 4 a.m. I used to just, I would just post real nigga hours. Yeah. And everybody that was up working on whatever they was working on would always retweet it. Or they have a picture of, if you're an artist, they're drawing. Like, you know what I mean? they so showing that they're up drawing. They, if you're a gymnast, they end up yeah, yeah. just grinding or whatever. Yeah. So, like I said, a lot of people don't see that shine, man. And. You know, the whole thing with the 10,000 hours, uh, I'm probably at about 60,000 hours oh at this God, point, man. maybe even more. But, you know, you really got to know that you, you got to do it because people, like I said, and, and that's kind of a thing we want to take back to the social media. It's you look and you scrolling on the phone. And you just think everybody's life is so beautiful. Or you see the people that's already on and you like, like I said, you don't think about what they went through to get to where they're at, man. Say so, that again, please. So yeah, like yeah, they don't think about it. Like they, <laughs> they see where you're at now. They see the top. 
Yeah, they, just show, it's right in front of them. That's they all the they top. see. They yeah. don't see the hours you put in. And, and so that kind of, but for people, when you're looking at it on social media like that, yeah. that kind of makes people like, almost to a certain extent, like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Well, you are doing enough, but everybody's timeline is different. So just work on your timeline. It'll get to come. where you need to be. It'll come. Yeah, It'll everybody's come. time is different. Like, I mean, even for me, and like Jay-Z, Jay-Z was 27 when he finally dropped his first album, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, I worked with Wayne. I met him when I was 26. Um, some people, it might take you to 30. I was going to say, Two Wayne. chains was like 29, 30. He was like 30 when he finally blew yeah. up. You know what I they mean? They see like, it now, but they don't. They don't understand. Like, man, you know how many years they put into to where to what they're doing now. And like, they could have quit. Takes years, to, and they could have quit. Yeah, you know what I mean. They could have quit. And like, I always tell people this too, especially like a lot of younger people. Like, those years from you being eighteen to when you finally moved out to to that thirty, those are good years to just figure it out what you what it is you want to do and work toward it. And then when you're thirty. You're supposed to kind of already be there. Okay. Or at least, you know, Having at idea. a good spot. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and then you just grind it out from there. You know what I mean? Like, like I know it's hard, man. Like I said, scrolling on the social media, you see and people. See you just, yeah. And some people, man, you see them. It's fake, man. Like, they got prop <laughs> money out here. You know what I mean? Like. It ain't people, all real. Yeah. yeah people, <laughs> people can rent cars. Like, people can. It's it's easier to get, get a chain. Yeah. People will take out a loan to just look like they got it. That's it's like, wild. It's like, why would you do that? You know what I mean? Like, you're doing too much. You're yeah. doing that. You're doing yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, uh, what I've noticed about 2KY, yeah, I said work ethic. And, you know, I'm, the amount of hours that you put in, it's, it's you know, it's very apparent. But I, what the hell is motivating you to keep going, man? That's what I want to know. Like, what is motivating you? Well, I mean, for me, I got, I got goals that I still, other goals that I want to accomplish. Now, engineering, I mean, I, I think I've probably accomplished most of them. Um, I mean, I've actually did way more than I ever even thought, imagined that I would even do from the beginning. Yeah. But um, I just, now my whole motivation is, for one, I, I want to get in other interests. Well, I'm, I've already started, but just other interests that are outside of music. Yep. Um, business ventures, you know, whether that be real estate or businesses and just doing that type of stuff. But in music, um, for me personally, I want to more so get on the executive side, which is, you know, helping artists like, like I did with Jack and you know, 2K baby and yeah. just helping out artists, helping other people reach their dreams. So that's like a big motivation for me just to kind of well, keep that, on going. Why is that so important? I'm picking at you because uh, for me, the way I look at it, the way I want to help other people is because growing up as mm -hmm. African-American, I never saw, you know, uh, a radio host like myself, you know, African-American radio mm -hmm. host. You don't see that growing up. You always would see athletes yeah. or, you know, uh, musicians right. or whatever the case may be. So I wanted to create, be able to create a feel for, you know, the African-Americans and not just African-Americans, but right. anybody. To anybody, just, really. But yeah. I mean, definitely us. But I mean, like I said, it kind of even goes back to just being in Winburn and being from Lexington. Like we didn't have outlet. Like, you know, what I mean, like we we here at the dojo right now, but growing up we didn't have a beautiful studio like this right. that you could just pull up on and and figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, so just little stuff like that to be able to bring some of that stuff back home. And they, you know, the whole thing is is for the next generation not to make them. I'm, I don't want them to make the same mistakes. I don't want them even well, it really wasn't a mistake, but I don't want them to have to sleep in their car to get to where they need to be. Man. I mean, if you have to, if that's part of your journey, then cool. And also too, on the flip side. I guess kind of what we was saying earlier, like everybody kind of always thinks they know their purpose in life. 
honestly, until probably about five years ago, I didn't really, I thought I knew my purpose, which was music, <laughs> but then I figured my, my purpose was to help people Yeah. because I had opened up my studio base and I realized like, wow, I was able to move Jack down here. I was able to get 2K Baby and him come down. I was able to have... Ellie, I was able to have Paperboy Casino. Now they got a place when they come to Atlanta that they can work at, you know, and that's that helps them out. And you know, it's not always about trying to get something back out of it. It's just no. helping them get to where they need to be and helping people. So, like I said, it took me literally thirty-eight years of my life to figure out what my real purpose was. And God's blessing you. Mm -hmm. He's blessing you for just doing that. Right. You Thank know you, what I'm saying? Appreciate um, it. Jack. Harleazy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Jack Harlow. Um, Talk about y'all relationship. Obviously, you you're giving back to him. You're helping him out. You mm -hmm. even you know moved him to Atlanta, helped him out there as well. Um, talk about you know uh, uh, y'all relationship and how how that has grown from you know first meeting him. Well, of course, first meeting him. Of course, you know I, I'm I'm kind of <laughs> looking at it like, well, I want to help artists from Kentucky. Yeah. And I uh, I had a friend send me his video, and I'm like, oh, this is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like. I, I like him. <laughs> Tell him come down here to Atlanta. So he comes down, and you know I end up meeting him. And of course he's a funny guy, great personality, charisma's off the chain. I've been smooth for so long. I'm trying to get rough. Fuck buffing my nails, dog. I'm trying to get buff. Fuck shaping my beard up. I'm liking the scruff and fuck the hills, cause I'm living my life in the cut. Can't imagine that I'm gonna meet my wife in the club. We gon' see though. I feel like she more of a CEO. Maybe she doing volunteer work in Rio. It's not like I need her, but I would love to meet her. Another day, another dollar, another phone with another feature. I don't play goalie, but I'm my brother's keeper. Surrounded by family, I'm not with other people. They say I got my pop's demeanor and mother's features. The garden's still private as ever. The gang driving together, your boys striving to be them. So I automatically took to him off top, like just, just him as a person. Yeah. And then he just reminded me of me. Like when they used to come down to the, to the studio in Atlanta before they moved, they would only come down for like the weekend. Okay. So I would let them use the room. And at first I'd be like, oh, I'm going to kick them out when I leave. And you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. I'm like, oh, I see them in there working. I'm going to let them stay. Stay a little bit. Man, I, I would I would come back six, seven hours later and these dudes would still be up working. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that reminds me of me. And His so Jack, ethic. he just, yeah, he work ethic. And then once he finally moved, now we become brothers because now we spending time. And also another thing that I love to do, I love to go out and eat as a group. You know what I mean? Just whatever yeah, it was. You like to go to restaurants? Yeah, restaurants. To, and cool, one of our main restaurants, cool. man, we had, we had, there was this uh, there was this um, Chinese spot we used to go to. And Atlanta? Get the, yeah, get okay. the hibachi. Hibachi go crazy. <laughs> and it was cool because, you know, they give you so much of it. Yeah. You know, you could eat half while you're there and then eat the other half Ooh, while you're in the studio late night. Okay. So, you know, it just, it, you know, we just became brothers, basically. And, you know, even just this whole crew, this whole private garden crew, like, and, you know, it just felt good, man, because everybody's from Kentucky. Man. And it's like just, just growing up and... That's all I wanted to do is just help Kentucky. Put like, Kentucky on the map, man. Mr. Kentucky, man. Yes, uh, so. Man, Jack Harlow, you talked, the, the thing that stood out to me just now is, is the work ethic, of course, from Jack Harlow. But it's like, man, it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like, can't teach that work ethic. Either. Nah, you, you can't. You got to have it. You can't. But He, he had it. He worked kid. at Chick-fil-A when he first came. He worked at Chick-fil-A? Man. And he's been rapping, what, elementary school? Yeah, he's. I mean, if you search hard <laughs> enough crazy. online, then you can find super man. old videos when he was like yep. thirteen. That's crazy, man. That goes to what we were just talking about. Like you see stars today, Drake, Lil Wayne. Like these guys have been 
they've been doing it for decades decades man. decades yeah i want to uh, what's your your best advice i guess for anyone who who wants to you know be in the music industry or they don't even have to be in the music industry right. but you know like what's your best advice for anyone who wants to chase their dream once again like i told you earlier yeah. i know it sounds cliche yeah. but whatever it is you want to do go hard at it and don't stop yeah it's like literally that's the best advice i mean i know it sounds so simple but it's, <laughs> it's like literally that. that's what it is and you're gonna have your bad days but when they, when you get those bad days just remember you never solve a problem by crying about it Okay. You can cry for a few seconds and then you gotta get back up. Your life you know goes I mean? on, man. Life goes on, <laughs> not unless you want it to stop for yourself Facts. or something, which so, I don't want nobody to do that. You gotta, yeah. you know, let's let's keep going. So you know, just just fight through, and you know that's the main thing. And and whatever it is, study whatever it is you do. Like like I said, nowadays, man, with all this uh, technology and social media out here, like even for me, I mean, I I'd say I go to YouTube University right now. Like anything I want to know, I promise you I will go on YouTube, on YouTube and find it. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube University, I love it, man. Like, like I go on there and find it. I mean, I, if I wanted to, like, design a bathroom right now, I would go on YouTube <laughs> and I would figure out how to, like, redesign it'll, my bathroom. It'll tell you, though. <laughs> yeah. like, it'll tell you. Let's take advantage of that's the, that's Take the advantage of what you got. About. And, you know, like like I said, some of, and a lot of this stuff, you don't want to go to school. Like, And then everybody don't have the same aspirations either. Like... Mm -hmm. I tell people this, like, there's nothing wrong with having a job that doesn't make you less cool, yeah. none of that, like, man, do whatever you got to do. And then some people don't want to be entrepreneurs. Somebody, and then honestly, the people that do want to be entrepreneurs, they don't realize that sometimes it might be actually easier to have a job. It might not be, I guess certain aspects of it might not be as rewarding or whatever, but man, having a job, at least you know, hey, I'm working from this time to this time, <laughs> Monday through Friday, and cool. Yeah. And that might be cool for you. Yeah. Some people want more, but also those people that are striving for more, which is more passion that if you're following your passion. Yeah. And when you're doing that, you might, uh, you're probably going to work harder. Yeah. Cause that's <laughs> all. Yeah. Cause you really want it. You, know you really saying? want it. And you you're, really you're doing it. it for yourself. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like you, you don't have a, a set thing. Like, you know, you, you know, if you work for a job, like I said, you know how many hours you're going to get. And like, I'm a 40 hours. I I've got a little bit of overtime. Yeah. Oh, they're going to help me pay on my insurance. Well, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to pay your own insurance. You know <laughs> yep. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. you ain't got nobody going half with you on your insurance. You ain't, you don't have this, you can start your own 401k, but you don't have one through the company. Yeah. You know, stuff, so stuff like that, you know, but yeah, you just got to hustle, man. Like, like I said, at the end of the day, like if you have a passion, go hard and study it. Like, that's how I got good at doing engineering. I didn't go to school for engineering, was, any of that. I was so, going to say, man, you got a lot of wisdom. That's what I've been noticing as well. Um, any mentors that you've had, you know, in your career? Not in uh not the in the actual um engineering space. Because like I said, I mean I was there, so I didn't really know any engineers to really like look up to, honestly. But when I got to Atlanta, I just kinda looked for like I looked at Young Guru. Okay. He was one and Leslie Brathwaite. Okay. And the main reason I looked at them is because most of the uh, engineers that I seen were white guys. These were two black guys. Yeah. So, and one of them's with Jay Z, and then Leslie, he's doing like plies, and he's doing Michael Jackson, Man. and just all these different rappers that was just popping at the time. Jeezy, he's doing all that stuff. Okay. And they look like me. And I actually remember going into the studio one day, and Leslie was in there. He he plays video games a lot. So. Okay. Also, don't think that you know engineers just sitting there just banging out you know you we vibing too you know what i'm saying so yeah. he, i come in he's playing call of duty and i just look and i see a key ring and on the key ring he has a ferrari a range rover uh, and a porsche 
And I asked him, I was like, I was like, bro, I was like, what else you do? He was like, <laughs> he's like, nah, I, I got all this off engineering. I was like, I'm on the right path. That, that, that's, that's for me. That's for yeah. me. Um, yeah, uh, I feel like, man, I guess you're the only guy that's, you know, out of Lexington, I guess, besides, I mean, seven or seven or really. Seven or really. Yeah, you and him kind of, you know, are, are sitting at the top of the throne for mm -hmm. Lexington. Um, you have a relationship with seven or really? Yeah, it's actually kind of crazy. I mean, we're not, I guess, actually blood, but his cousin, well, my cousin mm -hmm. is his brother. You're joking. I'm not. I wish I was. And we all grew up at Winburn. That's crazy. Yep. Man, that's blood. That's dead blood, my, man. my literal first cousin. That's crazy. That's his brother. <laughs> I can't believe that, man. Yep. Holy cow, man. Yep. But that's how, see, that's that's from his, my mom and my cousin's mom. They're, they're sisters. Okay. But then seven, that comes from his dad's side. Okay. So that's why I'm okay. not, like, technically related to him. Okay, yeah. But I always do say, oh, Small that's my world, cousin. Small world, man, man. Yeah. Small and we world, grew up in the same neighborhood and everything, man. Like, so even hearing his story, you know, he, he got a crazy story, too, man. Like, he went to Houston trying to figure it out. And then I remember just hearing records that he did. The first one I heard was that Mary, Mary, Mary by uh, Scarface. Okay. That was, like, the first record I heard because he did a lot of Rap-A-Lot stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then he ended up going, linking up with Irv Gotti. And that's how you end up doing like all that Murder Inc. stuff that okay. we end up loving. Yeah. And so he yeah, has hella yeah, classics. And like I said, he's from right here in Lexington, Kentucky. And and then we got uh, you know, we got Nemo. So you know, Nemo, he's yeah, super dope. Nemo, yeah, yeah, Louisville, dope. right? No, he's, he's, he's from, from here in Lexington. Lexington? Yeah. But he's he, he I see him around in Louisville yeah. with Jack and Yeah. Okay. Because you know, like okay. I said, that's why I was saying like, like Lexington and Louisville man. is one thing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, we we you know, just for fun we beef with each other or yeah. whatever and and talk our smack, but at the end of the day, Love. We all together, you that's know what I'm saying. Up. So that's what's up. And like I said, that's that's Jack's right hand man, and he's right from right here. He grew up out west end and and the, and the north side. So, yep. And everybody knows Nemo because yeah, you know he does. he was like the the new young generation. He I, he was the first dude I always tell him, man, you the first dude I ever seen in Kentucky wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> he bring the trend here. He did. <laughs> Is that what he, he did? Because I mean, he was the first person that like was dressing with his generation and did wasn't afraid to do different stuff. As far as how he dressed, and you know, they had the stoopies that was like kind of the beginning of oneness when they were when they had yeah, the store on, on limestone. Yeah, they usually they called it stoopies because they had that stare, and they all used to just be out there kicking it. And so now, nah, man, like so he's on the rise now, and he's more on the A and R side. Um, executive, he wants you know help a whole bunch of artists out and just putting together projects. So that's kind of what he's what he's got going on, and you know, and then we got a lot of artists. We got Ellie, we got Paperboy. Yeah. Um, Shoot, it's a lot actually, and then even outside of just artists, you know, like I'm wearing wild things right now. Shout, Shout out, out to Jerome. Jerome. <laughs> so, you know, we got that, and he's he's from the north side as well. So Shout out Jerome, man. Yeah, Doing man. His so, thing. so whatever avenue you in, if I see you hustling, yeah. I'm definitely gonna That's always love. support. That's it. love. That's yeah. love. KY, I want to ask you. You talked a little bit about you know uh, a few engineers that you looked up to and how they you know they vibed in the studio and mm. stuff like that and they, they did things you know outside of music what are some things that you do outside of music that you enjoy well i i posted one of them actually the other day but i love uh, take uh, photography uh, photography i'm i'm big on it okay i yeah, didn't I know that it. but i don't take pictures of people okay well, take, you like the it's all just scenery and landscapes oh, yeah, like, okay okay so so of course and and once again i just be doing stuff so <laughs> i literally didn't know that that I was just picking up something or whatever that I would love to do. Yeah. But whenever I, I, of course I love scenery. So like, I always love, like, I, I always love being in like the highest, if we, if it's a big room or tower or whatever yeah. in the hotel, 
I want to be in the highest room with a good view <laughs> and stuff like that. So that camera. and so I just always used to take pictures and I just noticed, oh, I'm taking pictures of a lot of scenery because I just huh? started looking through my pictures. I was like, oh, I ain't really be taking pictures of people. I just always got all this scenery. scenery so phone, I kind of yeah. just kept on doing it. I started buying like a um, whole bunch of different cameras and. You do that on your off time, just, you know, go around, take some, that's cool, yep. man. That's cool. And I like to just walk, like, so I like to walk and I like to run. Okay. So Outside, right? Outside, okay. yeah. So so I do that, and I always like to, like in Atlanta, we have these, these trails okay. or whatever. So you, a lot of it, some of it you run through the city, but then some of it you're actually running through, like, woods. And, okay. But the trail is still there, though, so you're not, like, on dirt. But um, I like the scenery, Stone Mountain, I do stuff oh, like okay. that. If I'm in L.A., I do running. Like, awesome. you know, so I just like doing stuff that's outside. And when I do that, that's kind of how, when I get to the top of wherever I'm at, yeah. that's how I get these cool shots. That's cool. Because now I'm at the top. So a lot of times, even when I'm running, if I know I'm going to get something with a view, I'll just take my camera with me. So I'm running with the camera. Yeah. And, you know, so just, but just learning about that because, you know, that's its, that's its own art form, form and its own thing because you got to learn about shutter speed. You got to learn about ISO. You got to. You know, and I'm definitely, I'm nowhere near a professional. I, I could tell you when we were setting yeah. up, you were, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was getting it together. And even stuff like that, just even just, you know, just setting up the set. And it's just all this type of stuff that I'm kind of into. So just being creative, I just have a vision of things. And if I got it, I definitely don't have a problem saying it. So That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And we on What's Next Pod, of course, my guy. Um, any big project coming up next? Any big projects or anything like that? What do you have coming up next? So the next thing I got coming up, I'm working on Chains and Wayne album right now, Collie Grove 2. So okay. that's one. And then there's a new artist. He's from Atlanta. Super dope kid, man. I love him. His name's Suave. Uh, we got another one. Yeah. We got another one. <laughs> so, man, he he's dope, man. You got to really check him out. Like, I will, for sure. He, he has his own vibe, but if I want to, I guess his influences, when you listen to it, you're going to definitely like, oh, he loves, he, he listens to Kendrick. Okay. Okay. You know, but basically, he's doing it's his own style, but he's he's speaking about a kid from the ghetto of okay. the ghettos of Atlanta growing up, but he's doing it in like a not oh I'm a pop you ba ba ba. He's telling the story about what's going on, some what his friends is going through um, in Atlanta. They breaking the cars a lot. A lot that's like the young kids. That's yeah. what they do. They breaking the cars. So. When he was a young kid, guess what he was doing? He was breaking, breaking the cars. The cars and, yeah. But he raps about that type of stuff. You know what I mean? And the way he does it, it's like this super dope. This is style, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people don't put together albums now. It's just a collection of songs. Okay. And what I mean by like they don't put together albums is like it, the albums aren't cohesive. Okay. They're, like I said, they're literally a collection of songs. So here's you literally pop in and listen to it from the beginning. And by the time you get to the end, you almost you don't even feel like you skipped. <laughs> Like hey. you didn't have to skip to a song because it literally feels like it felt like a movie. That's it's one crazy. long thing. Yeah. So, wow. So yeah, if, you, if y'all got a chance, check we out Suave. Check Super him out, man. We can definitely gonna check out Suave, ladies and gentlemen. So we got for today, Mr. Yes, KY Engineer, man. Thank you so much for Appreciate coming you, on, man. man. So Appreciate this, you. This is a great conversation, man. I learned a lot. My guys behind the camera. Shout out to Cam, Javen. Appreciate you guys for filming this. But I'm sure they learned some things too as well, and my audience as well. Um, if y'all don't know KY, I'm sure y'all do. Just, you know, give him a follow on all the social medias and, you know, stay tuned. We're going to have more people like KY come on and, and, and to talk about their journey and, and you know, um, share inspiration to the next generation. So hit that like and subscribe button for me. KY, man, it's been a pleasure. Yes, and before we go, I at least want to say this just so that, so that everybody knows, too. Yeah. You know, even just how I reached out to you. What I, I seen you hustling. You seen you doing your thing. 
I reached out like, yo, I want to get on your platform. So love. keep on doing your thing. And, you know, we're going to be locked in, man. Thank you, sure. man. I appreciate it. Love. I appreciate it. For more episodes and exclusive content, subscribe to What's Next Podcast.